From the Evening Standard in London, this is The Leader. Hi, I'm David Marsland. It's not about Brexit, it's about power. Behind all the detail is one big question. Who's got the momentum? Who's in charge? Who's forcing the pace? Who's making other people react? And right now, like it or loathe it, it's Boris Johnson. Our associate editor, Julian Glover, asks if anyone dare challenge King Boris. Also, government borrowing is up. How's it going to pay for all its promises? And... We break down the new Star Wars trailer. Taken from the Evening Standard's editorial column, this is The Leader. For the whole thing, pick up the newspaper or head to standard.co.uk slash comment. In a moment, why the Prime Minister is acting like a monarch. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby Podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Parliament's been so busy they had to sit on a Saturday. MPs and their staff rush through corridors. Journalists race to keep up with them. Telephones ring, emails fly. The trains ride between London and Brussels. It all appears to be frantic chaos. And at one point, some asked if Boris Johnson would be the shortest reigning Prime Minister in history. And yet he's still at number 10. In fact, as the Evening Standard says today, every attempt to topple Mr Johnson has only made him stronger and it doesn't look like there are many challenges left. Go see a Shakespeare play. Read your Roman classics. Watch an episode of House of Cards or follow Donald Trump on Twitter. In all places and at all times, politics has been about the exercise of power. Boris Johnson understands this. He has taken risks, adopted causes of conveniences and toppled premiers to get to the highest office in the land. Mr Johnson has the crown. He loves wearing it and he isn't ready to give it up. So ignore all the talk this week about the need for more parliamentary scrutiny or the importance of a special trade partnership. The only question you have to ask yourself is this. Is there anyone out there who wants Mr Johnson's crown enough? that they will do whatever it takes to wrestle it from him. The answer, at the moment, appears to be no. 
Associate Editor Julian Glover. Today's leader is really kind of a study in power, and Boris Johnson seems to have all of it. Yeah, we try to step back from the immediate crisis. It's all sorts of really important things being discussed and rowed about at Westminster at the moment, particularly what happens in 2020 if this deal goes through Parliament, what happens in 2020 when the transition period runs out? Do we have no deal? Lots of detail that matters. But behind all the detail is one big question. Who's got the momentum? Who's in charge? Who's forcing the pace? Who's making other people react? And right now, like it or loathe it, it's Boris Johnson. And the column itself argues that Mr Johnson has managed to kind of turn adversity in, into advantage for himself, really, with things like, you know, like the, the Weekend Super Saturday, the Ben Act, the Letwin Act. He's somehow managed to make all of those things add to his power, hasn't he? How's he done that? Yes, we haven't said he's right. We haven't said what he's doing is the right thing or that his plan is a good one for the country or it's going to make us richer or that he's solved Brexit. We're not commenting on the merits of what he's doing. We're just observing. You look at it. He's driving his way through things people thought couldn't be achieved. He's got something he can call a deal. Whether it is, really, we can debate. He's got a sort of unity in his party. Hardcore Brexiteers, quite a lot of the Tory rebels back on board. Is that really unity? You could debate it, but it looks like it. And he's doing it by pushing on, by having a plan, by splitting his opponents so nobody can agree on another plan. In the end, all powerful people in politics are toppled, and they're normally toppled when all their opponents gang up on them. Boris Johnson's great strength at the moment is his opponents are all over the place. They can't agree if they don't want Brexit or they do want Brexit. They can't agree if they want one kind of Brexit or another kind of Brexit. They can't agree if they want a referendum or they want revoke. They are constantly split. Even the 21 Tory rebels who bravely and rightly stood up against No Deal, the threat Johnson used to force his deal through because he made people afraid of No Deal that they accepted almost anything else. It hasn't gone through yet, but it's getting there. So the threat is, if you don't let me get my way, something worse is going to happen. He keeps pushing from the extremes and the centre is split all over the place. And... The Labour Party, which is the opposition, the ones who should be preparing uh, to take over from power, we kind of say that they're just not being ruthless enough. So that's the, the extraordinary thing about uh, the argument we make in today's leader. Normally, it's obvious who's the person who's out to get the crown, who's going to push the person out of their job. Unless it's a rebel in your own party, it's the leader of the opposition. But nobody thinks Jeremy Corbyn is now in a uh, uh, the right place to, to win an election, to get a majority, to force the Prime Minister out. Just a few weeks ago, we were talking about this idea of a government of national unity, somehow everybody else coming together to throw out the Prime Minister. Well, he's stuck there. He hasn't got a united opposition and will continue to force his way through until somebody gets together and stops him. And there's no sign of that right now. Given he doesn't have a majority, given that so much of the media stories about him are about the troubles that he's having. Do you think Boris Johnson is sitting quietly in, in Downing Street thinking this is all working out as I expected it to? I think it's probably all more frantic than that. <laughs> Nobody sits in Downing Street thinking it's going well. You worry about the next 24 hours. You don't quite know where things will head and the unexpected does happen. But I think he will be feeling he's got somewhere that people said he couldn't get. The downside is that what he's actually doing might be very harmful. Is he worried about that? That's a darker question he'll need to answer himself. Next. 
Government borrowing is on the rise, why we think there may be trouble ahead. Hi, I'm Lawrence Delalio, host of the Evening Standard Rugby podcast, brought to you in partnership with QBE Business Insurance. The show is available to listen to now and right up to the end of the season when the winners of the Champions Cup will be crowned at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium and the fight for the Premiership title will be decided at Twickenham. QBE is one of the world's leading insurers and they will help your business build resilience through risk management and insurance solutions. Subscribe and download now wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. We're only a few weeks away from Chancellor Sajid Javid's budget, and he may have a problem. The Office for National Statistics' latest figures show the first September hike in government borrowing for five years. With speculation about a general election looming, we're expecting Mr Javid to offer some sweeteners to voters. But our editorial column's concerned there's a lot of money going out and not so much coming in. What would politics be worrying about if Brexit wasn't taking up all the time? Money. The government promises lots more for the police, the NHS and schools. But where is it going to come from? It's not prepared to raise taxes to pay for these things. So borrowing goes up. Today's figures show that at £9.4 billion, borrowing is up on the same month last year. Across 12 months, Britain is borrowing £40.3 billion, up £7.2 billion on the same period last year. It's storing up trouble for the future. Surely after the last decade, the country has learned that we have to pay our way, or pay the price. Now. People keep telling me they know me. No one does. The end of a trilogy, the end of an era, the final Star Wars movie, at least of the Skywalker story, hit cinemas this Christmas, and a new trailer dropped overnight. Confronting fear. It's the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Well, for a two-minute trailer, there's an awful lot to unpack. And helping me now are our arts editor, William Moore, and our deputy features editor, Phoebe Lockhurst. Phoebe, starting with you, are you now more excited to see this movie? I am a big Star Wars fan, and it had all the all the things I wanted, the kind of epic music, all, the montage was perfect, all the characters got to say one wonderful line. So yes, it definitely was everything I hoped it would be. I imagine with um, Rise of Skywalker, the, the, the new film, there'll be a desire to try and win back as many people as possible to... to, to to um, create a Star Wars film that's as loved by new viewers as by a lot of diehard fans who perhaps felt that um, their expectations 
for Last Jedi weren't met. Yeah, I think, Phoebe, in this trailer, there were lots of just tiny little moments for the old fans. The Millennium Falcon suddenly appears. Little glimpse of Princess Leia. And, of course, Carrie Fisher gets to end the trailer, doesn't Yes, she? I think that's the nice thing about... This is the last film in a trilogy and a last film in an entirely epic franchise. And I think there is an element of being able to kind of tie up all of these loose ends that mean maybe actually it's an easier film to do anyway. I think it is a kind of special moment. However you felt about all the different films and over the course of the kind of long, long sequence of them, this one is still, you know, it's the end of a really amazing story. A key element of that nostalgia as well is, of course, the return, as we see from the trailer, of the evil emperor. Played yes. again by the great Ian McDermott, um, which feels to me a little like this, uh, like a sort of um, return of Moriarty in a way. I mean, it, uh, uh, <laughs> because it's um, uh, it's a character that fell to his well, we presume to his death uh, in, the, in the end of um, Return of the Jedi, and is obviously now now back again. And I think that will have a big sense of nostalgia. The idea of essentially the big baddie of all of these Star Wars films um, coming back for one last uh, one last hurrah. <laughs> and they brought back J.J. Abrams, who was very successful and not hugely divisive when he did The Force Awakens. Do you think that's part of bringing those audiences back? I think so. He's a name that people really recognise and, and you know, he's got a bit of a cult following just because of all the other things he's done anyway. So I think that that's a, that will be a big part of getting people to watch it and building that hype. I mean, by the time I came in here, almost five million people have watched that on that trailer on YouTube, which is a lot of people. And, you know, on Twitter, people are talking about it. So I think that he's really, he has really brought the hype. The, uh, there's an element there, again, of the sort of Disney Lucas course correction too, because Colin Trevorrow was originally meant to be directing the third film in this, uh, in this new trilogy. And then he fell out with uh, Lucasfilm over creative differences and they have now brought back J.J. Abrams and Abrams was only ever meant to originally do the first film in this in this new series. So he was down to do Force Awakens and then it was going to be a new direction, a new director for the for the preceding two films. And um, now they've brought him back to this third one. So there is, I think, uh, I think Phoebe's quite right. There's a sense of sort of tying it all up in a nice bow and pro probably this desire to, to, um, uh, to, to help ease any worries that fans might have that it's not going to tie up in a bow. We'll, we'll still have dangling questions at the end um, and, uh, and we'll, we'll uh, see in December whether that pays off. Yeah, I wonder if this film will have a neat conclusion because there are... We know that there's the Mandalorian television series coming out. There's an Obi-Wan television series. And we know that Ryan Johnson, who did the controversial second movie, The Last Jedi, he's going to be doing another new trilogy. So do, are you expecting an end to this story? I don't know. I think that, well, trailers aren't always things to go off. They you know, drive a lot of hype, but you don't necessarily get a huge sense about what the plot is going to be. But I think that... I'd like to think that J.J. Abrams owes it to the story to try and tie something up in this one, even if all these other kind of parallel films exist in other part of the same universe, but also a separate part of that same universe. I think, I think he will tie it up. You know, we we know that that Disney they've they spent a lot of money on acquiring Star Wars um, from Lucasfilm. Uh, oh, sorry, of acquiring a Lucasfilm, which includes Star Wars, I should say, and they are, uh, you know, they go to want to 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 make that investment pay off. And that's The Leader. We're published at 4pm every day through all of your favourite podcast providers. Subscribe to make sure you get it early and give us a rating too. 
You can also get our audio news bulletins through your smart speaker at 7am. Just ask for the news from the Evening Standard. The podcast is back tomorrow.